was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Hello! Welcome back. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And this is the middle of the season. Season 2, episode 14. Yes, Innocence. Innocence. Just the, a continuation. The counterpart to surprise. <laughs> Which <laughs> not a word you want to hear when it comes to losing your virginity. And yeah. nevertheless, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so, but before There's that. There's a lot of weight to this episode. It's it's kind of a heavy episode in several um, ways. I want to apologize in advance. I, I want to apologize some... in advance for Rex's apology. <laughs> Which is also I in have advance. some really crude jokes written here in my notes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry for where this might go. I'm not. <laughs> unless it turns out to be a completely crass and rightfully offensive joke. In which case, whatever. This is the fucking wild, wild west of podcasts. <laughs> go fuck yourselves. Don't tell our listeners to go fuck themselves. <laughs> so I, I, we I, don't want them to go fuck themselves. We want them to listen to our podcast. You can go fuck yourself and I can go fuck myself, but that's about it. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> so here we are, Snowmageddon Part 3. Yes, I think we're in third winter of Michigan. Somebody left the goddamn <laughs> slushy or icy machine on again. <laughs> Or I mean, I swear to God, I cleaned off my car with my brush. It was perfect icy material. Like if I had had a little cone <laughs> cup and some blue syrup, right? I could have sold that shit at a carnival for five dollars a piece. <laughs> it was that perfect. Except no one would buy it because they could literally just turn around and you know pick some up off the ground. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how we haven't just been <laughs> stuck here in your apartment for like three weeks now. We actually have. Josh, you've been here this whole time. Day 300,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,
What are you doing, Joshua? <laughs> You're just sitting there playing Ultimate Smash. Is this Smash Brothers? Yes, Mom. Yes, it is. You were there when I opened it for Christmas, remember? <laughs> Don't talk back to me. Tell me about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> what are they doing in a mall? This town isn't big enough to have a mall. That's a very astute observation again, Mother. Thank you for noticing. Why is Spike in a wheelchair? Well, apparently they've just completely given up on his character. It's like the third episode. You didn't notice that he was in a wheelchair like the last five episodes, Mom? Well, that's what your job is, to tell me things that I didn't notice. That's why it's called a mom synopsis, Joshua. <laughs> You're fucking this up. Well, Josh is good at that. <laughs> you shut up, Rex. You're the reason he's a fuck up. I blame you and everything about you. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> You're just like me and my friends. We just use each other. Fun story. She actually said that to me about you. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's really insightful as to how you view your interpersonal relationships, mom. So this is not a psychology podcast, <laughs> nor no. is it an Oedipus podcast, <laughs> nor is it any kind of maternal, paternal, parental, anything podcast. No, it is a, it is a Buffy podcast. It is a comedy podcast about Buffy. About you laughing <laughs> at my misfortune and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Also saying go fuck yourself a lot. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. How do you feel about going and fucking yourself, Rex? Give us a call at 269 <laughs> God damn it. 743-0783. We're not done with that joke yet. It's not a joke, Rex. <laughs> we have a real voicemail that you, yes you, I'm Pointing at you in I'm pointing into the future on the other side of my microphone right now, through the ether and through the time space continuum, <laughs> directly at your forehead. Yes, John and Susie. Does anybody actually go by Susie? I don't know. I know a Susie. Cool. You anyway. Call us. <laughs> Let us know how you feel. You know, I keep I think maybe I just keep trying to to force my will on reality and make it a joke <laughs> so that it just stops being real. Anyway, on to why we're actually here. Season 2, episode 14 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer! Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one to get the We open up on the lair, and Spike is pissy as hell. The Slayer Slayer Lair. Yes, the Slayer Slayer Lair. <laughs> the lair of the Slayer Slayer. Spike. Spike, the vampire Slayer Slayer. Yes. He can't slay this Slayer. Still in his fucking wheelchair. You have to judge, or as I like to call him now, Judgy Poo. I, I stick to Erasmus. <laughs> Okie doke. <laughs> He's got a lot of nicknames in this episode. Yeah, he does. So he's just kneeling in the corner. Spike gets whiny again immediately. <laughs> he calls him Big Blue. There's another one already. Yep. Big Blue just sits in the corner all day. Sorry, I got a little too cockney on that. A little too much. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, then, what are we going to do today, 
Brian? Noff. Same thing we do every night, Josh. Review Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but where are we going to find rubber pants? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I miss that cartoon. <laughs> it's a good cartoon. Oh, so Drew... In this scene, she seems perfectly fine, and then all of a sudden she, like, freaks out, and I guess she is able to sense what's happening with Angel. She's having some sort of premonition or vision uh, connection with Angel. Yep. Whatever. Uh, Quick cut to Buffy laying in bed at Angel's house. She's like, oh, he's gone. Quick cut from there to Angel outside. Kind of picking he... up from where the last episode left right. off with him. Like, I don't understand why he ran out, but... Whatever. He panicked. He's like, he made it pretty far. He looks I like mean, he's... for fuck's sake, he had time to put clothes on. But anyway. I want to talk about the logistics of what he does here. So, a woman walks up and she's like, hey, are you okay? Because he's writhing on the ground in pain. He hops up, grabs her, and bites her. And she was smoking, and so he blows the smoke out. He had to have, like, bit her, drank the blood, and then inhaled the smoke to blow the smoke back out. Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. You know, I don't care. I thought it looked fucking cool. It did. <laughs> I'm <sighs> Comes back up. <sighs> I feel fine. And I just want to say, that's hard to fake. This is... This is Supporting evidence that David Boreanaz may or may not be an experienced smoker. I wouldn't know. I kind of sort of quit smoking last May. I was actually still a smoker when we started recording this podcast. And if you've been listening from the beginning, you can probably tell the difference in my voice. Yeah. If you're a smoker, stop it. It's bad for you. (laughs) I was a smoker for eight years and it was the dumbest thing I ever did. But yeah, he... Well, so I I just kind of figured he uh it just he bit far enough into her neck that he got to her windpipe. That kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I, it was a fun moment. Yeah, it's a it's a good moment. You're ruining Cinema- it, Rex. Cinematically it's a good moment. Logistically it makes no fucking sense. But obviously they don't they don't give a shit about making sense in this show very Logistically, much. your face doesn't make any sense. Okay, mister? All right. My my face makes perfect sense. It's it's my face. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. What? Look dumb? <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Well. At least it doesn't look as dumb as your face. That's very original. No, you're a dumb, dumb face. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> I'm rubber, you're glue. So everything that bounces off of me because you said it goes right back in your direction and stays there. Because of the adhesive. So watching this 90s TV show, we have now reverted to being teenagers. What? (laughs) So opening credits. Can't help it. And you're welcome. (laughs) Opening credits. uh, We're at Buffy's house. Oh, oh yeah. Also, vaping wasn't a thing yet. So he wasn't. uh, That couldn't have been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it had. I mean, it's possible that the technology. I'm sure the technology existed. But nobody had, you know, direct immediate access to it. Yeah. But uh, Buffy sneaks into her house. She has forgotten that she had actually already lied to her mom and said that she was going to be at Willow's. Oh, yeah. Did you have fun at Willow's? What? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of those in this episode. What? Right. (laughs) 
the conversation's really nothing. It ends here with Joyce looking at, at Buffy quizzically and it's like, something seems like different. And she's like, I, I don't know. You just look and then trails off. And I'm like, Joyce, the word you're looking for is laid. And, and <laughs> thankfully just fucking trails off and just lets it go. I'm like, thank yep. you. A little goddamn privacy. For Christ's sake. Why you gotta be so prying all the time, Mom? She actually does well in the few bits that she, she's in this, this episode. She does okay this episode. Absolutely. There's... Yeah. Nah. Compared to what she was the last episode she was in, right? she's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and she, has, she has a long, slow crawl into being a character that I actually like, and then, then they kill her. And one of my favorite parts of the episode, we cut from here to the library where we see the Scooby gang who've been up all fucking night. They did spend all <laughs> night looking for packages. You fucking called it. <laughs> and they're like, Buffy hasn't checked in. What's wrong? We got to go save her. He walks in complaining about having been at the bus station uh, all night and there's no packages or anything. And Giles is like, uh, no vampires transporting boxes. No, but a 400 pound wino offered to wash my hair. I'm like, <laughs> that's an accurate representation of the bus station. I mean, nobody, especially in this town, <laughs> nobody's ever done that specifically with me at the bus station. I used to drive a city bus for my hometown, actually. And uh, I have uh, probably my craziest <laughs> bus story real quick here. Somebody got stabbed to death only about 100 feet away from me one time. How have I not heard this? I don't... I, I You had to have. No! Well... I, I would have fucking remembered this. To be fair, they didn't die on the scene. They went to the hospital and then would have lived, but died from an infection in the hospital. Oh, Jesus Christ. But they got stabbed something like 27 times or something. And everybody... I didn't know... Everybody at the station was like flipping out and as you should and a bunch of people were looking at me because i worked there and i'm like i'm going inside i'm not qualified for this shit this is not my job description yeah i no i mean i i picked up the the phone and i was like hey dispatch you you hearing this you seeing this cops yeah now <laughs> holy shit i never knew about this yeah so that's wow <laughs> a day in the life well <laughs> i'm less inclined to take the bus now yeah no it's fucking rough <laughs> it's kind of rough around here sometimes dig this dig this sorry you had some wings fire beheading hurry up sweet dreams sunlight hurry up sweet dreams and water usual oh yeah i hit him with what a desk Anyway, so yeah, Xander's worried about Buffy, Willow backs him up, and they're about to storm out, and they're going to go storm the factory where Spike and Drew's lair is. And the judge. And the judge. And Buffy shows up. Well, and Xander's like, well, those of us who were born with feelings are going to do something about this. And I'm like, oh, and that's you? Xander's problem might be that he has too many feelings. I think it is. <laughs> It's it's not an inaccurate statement. He's a very emotional boy. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, Buffy shows up. And I wrote down, oh, they are going to be so pissed when they find out. And she just lies to him. Yeah. Oh, quote of the day. Willow says, no, Xander's right. My God, you people are all 
well, I'm upset and I can't think of a mean word right now, but that's what you are. And we're going to go to the factory. And I, I just thought that was funny because normally I'm better at thinking of mean things to say when I'm angry. I guess that shows what that says about me. I think Willow's just not really capable of saying mean things. Or more so what that says about Willow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See how I made that about me? It, 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 I know. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something clever, but no, you just, you're an ass. Thank you. <laughs> so no, so uh, Willow walks with Buffy. They're going to class. They, we get this. Oh yeah. They, they all looked at her the same way that they looked at Angel when he said that Buffy wasn't sleeping well. Her, her story didn't really hold up very great, but Giles also thankfully backs off. Yep. Um, for now, anyway, just kind of glossed over it. Yeah, so Giles is uh, grilling Buffy about the judge now because they need to get up to speed. Uh, they've confirmed that the judge is, in fact, assembled. Yep. And he says, the stronger he gets, he'll be able to reduce us to charcoal with a look. Which I couldn't really tell that he was saying charcoal. I had to turn it back a few times, but maybe that's yeah, just he, me. He didn't enunciate very well with this one. Hmm. And then Buffy ties it up with, also, he's not the prettiest man in town. And G that seems to be the moment where Giles is like, oh, shit, we need to get our things together. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, one of the things that's mentioned, though, uh, she says to him that she kicked the judge and it actually like affected her just that that amount. Of she contact. said it gave her an instant fever, I think. Yeah. So that tells us that she can't just fight the judge. Yeah. Because if she does, he'll just burn her to death. She, yeah, she'll just, like, dust, turn so to dust there, if she gets near him. there's one hell of a fucking complication. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's that's a fun new challenge uh, to throw at Buffy. Why not? So the race is on to research the judge and figure out how to fucking take him out. The solution is kind of silly, but cool. So Willow and Buffy leave, and Miss Calendar kind of follows them. And there's this moment where they turn and they start walking upstairs and she just kind of steps around the corner and like eyeballing them. Like they didn't see her there, though, yeah. is the, the weird part. And at first I was like, why the fuck does she care? Oh, right. She kind of has a vested gypsy interest in Angel. We cut to the lair where Drew's recovering from her vision. I'm naming all the stars. She's back to being a bit nuts. Problem is, I gave them all the same name, and there was mass confusion. I mean... Drew's more been more quotable the last few episodes than Spike has. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. I, And that's okay. We're going to have fuck tons of Spike quotes to yeah, come down the line. It really... Like, what the fuck were they thinking with, with this wheelchair Spike bullshit? Suffice to say, it's quite dumb. It's, yeah, they're sidelining one of their best fucking actors. Yeah. Uh, it's annoying. It pisses me off. I will say this, though. Angel comes in into the lair. And I, I gotta say, David Boreanaz here, I like him acting as Angelus far better than I like him as Angel. Oh, yeah. He's a lot more fun. He's not so fucking broody. Yeah. Like, so Rex, you're not really going to get this because you haven't seen Supernatural. But it's like the exact same thing happens with um, Sam. But he quite literally loses his soul because he went to hell and then gets brought back by uh, an angel. And he spends the better part of a, a whole season without a soul being a complete fucking badass. Not evil per se, just no soul. 
Like, he still has all of his memories and everything. He's still technically Sam, but without Sam's emotions. He's the opposite of a Pixar movie. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's a great way to put that. What if Sam didn't have emotions? That Hmm. that specifically makes me think of Community because they're like, you are the opposite of Batman. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, and so we have pretty much exactly the same thing happening here. I dare say Supernatural may have stolen it from Buffy. That's possible. So... I'm a little annoyed at how simply, easily the dynamic between these three, Drew, Spike, and Angel, just reverts back to what it was. Picks right back up. Like like, old friends meeting up for the first time in a long time. And, like, I get what they're going for, but it's still a little obnoxious. Yeah, suddenly Drew doesn't seem to be pissed at Angel for destroying her family and fucking with her before he turned her into like she's a, proud of it. a vampire. Because now she's all like, oh, he wants to hurt Buffy, just like you did me. Yeah. Like, okay. And so that's the plan. He he makes a deal with Spike. So I did have a little bit of a Spike quote. Okay. Uh, it's when she's talking about the stars. He says, you can't see the stars, love. <laughs> that's the ceiling. Also, it's day. <laughs> just, I fucking love dry humor. And also, it's just a little bit of a smidge of the old Spike. Yeah, just slight window into I miss him so into much. fun Spike. I yeah. miss him. We miss you, buddy. <laughs> so yeah, Angel's plan is he makes a deal with Spike that he wants one whole day to just really torture the fuck out of Buffy, and then he'll let Spike, you know, destroy the world with the Judge. Really? Yeah, that they I missed that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the deal they made. But yeah, so that's how they figured out that Angel doesn't have his soul is the judge can't burn him. There's no there's no humanity in him. Thanks, Araz. Yep. All right. <laughs> there we go. Araz. Thanks, Raz Raz. <laughs> so Raz Raz. Do you get the feeling that he was only introduced as a device just to be able to confirm to Drew and Spike that Angel doesn't have his soul, and to just be another little bullshit red herring kind of transition into Angelus being the big bad instead of the judge being the big bad that he could have been. I didn't even consider that when watching it, but yeah. Just like Luke really could have had a much better storyline than they let him have. Oh, no, that the guy who plays that role, like, he's actually, like, a pretty good fucking actor. He's got a pretty good presence. Yeah. I think he needs some voice lessons to work on his diction yeah. a little bit. But other than that, I, I enjoy him as, a, as an actor as well. But anyway. No, I think you're right. I think they literally just came up with the judge solely to be able to easily prove that Angel doesn't have a soul. And, you know, that's fair. That's a fun little device. And we got we got Raz Raz back. Yeah. So that's fun. You mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You mean you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. 
cut to the library. Yeah, so, yeah, in the library we have Willow and Giles and Xander, and Willow's on the phone with Buffy, and Buffy's out looking for Angel everywhere. Of course, she didn't think to look in the lair (laughs) where he is. Well, why would she, (laughs) to be fair? Here's the thing, though. I would, if I can't find the person I'm looking for, and there are bad guys who want to kill me and the person I'm looking for, I would go make sure that the bad guys don't have the person I'm looking for. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> she could. He could have been captured, is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Why didn't she confirm that? That's an interesting but, question. Yeah. Because yeah. that's where he was last time. Yeah. Yeah. So Buffy's pointedly upset, and, and Willow's trying to, like calm her down yeah and so xander gets up kind of storms off because he's tired of looking at the particular book that he has so they're all in research mode yep him and cordelia end up back in the stacks hidden hard air quotes from the rest of the scooby gang cordy is talking to xander and she says oh you were just gung-ho to go save buffy you'd die for her but you wouldn't die for me and he says well i'd die from you does that count (laughs) yeah i forgot about that one okay i didn't write that one down that's a good one i just got the part where he's like can we just kiss and make up and she says i don't want to make up but i'm okay with the other part and she did this impressively cute thing with her nose i noticed that (laughs) her whole smile and everything the the entire expression on her face was adorable these two actually really (laughs) fucking like each other yeah or at least that's what this scene made it seem like Definitely. And then, of course, poor fucking Willow. Oh, God. Sees this. They're, they're kissing. The the way they do the cinematography in this is pretty good. They're kissing. They separate. And behind them is standing their Willow. Yes. And she storms off. And Xander follows her. They end up out in the hallway outside of the library. Did you write down what she, what she said here? I, I got the good part anyway. Okay. The, basically, the gist of it is she's just ripping Xander a fucking new one. Like he fucking deserves. Yeah. And she's like, really, Cordelia? Of the I Hate Cordelia Club, of which you are the treasurer? (laughs) Xander says, I was going to tell you. Willow says, what stopped you? Could it be shame? (laughs) Xander says, we were just kissing. It doesn't mean that much. Willow says, no, it just means you'd rather be with someone you hate than be with me. Uh, However, that being said... (sighs) I also think it's important to note that nobody under any circumstances should ever have to feel obligated to be in a relationship with somebody that they're not interested in. Oh, definitely. And even as much as we feel uh, for Willow's pain in this moment, I think it's wrong how they paint it. Like, we're all sitting here wagging our finger at Xander going, how dare you, you motherfucker, when really he didn't do anything wrong in so far as dating Cordelia. No, the only thing that he did wrong at all was not give a direct, I'm not into you like that, Willow. Yes. But on the other hand, though, it's not really his fucking responsibility. At this point, Willow, holy shit, get the fuck over him she's already got oz hanging out in the background here and she's like way into him and he's like way into her but you know i get that she's still got this old flame for xander but this is hands down the episode that smothers the fuck out of that yes damn 
fucking finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good times. Angel's uh, apartment? Yep, Angel's apartment. Um, Angelus is a dick. <laughs> now, I know they're purposely playing on a, on a common thing that legitimately happens, but this whole fucking bit fucks with me. Because there are asshole guys out there that do this, where they butter a woman up solely to get them to think that they like them, to get into their pants, and then immediately they turn cold. There are guys who do that. And that's their game. That's that's how they get their jollies. It's not even it's not even about the sex. It's about feeling powerful, slamming them down on their face emotionally afterwards. And we're not unaccustomed to seeing that as the villains of 90s teen dramas. Like that's a very common, you know, especially in the 90s trope. What kills me here is David Boreanaz plays it off so Fucking well. Why wouldn't I take off after last night? You got a lot to learn about men, kiddo. <laughs> wow. So the, so the shit that was falling out of his mouth yeah, just was jaw-droppingly shitty. And then she's like, what? Was it me? Was I not good? Oh, my God. Like, And I, I get that this is now the demon talking, literally, and... The angel we know isn't in there. Yeah, but and she doesn't fucking know it. She doesn't know that, and Angelus, as a, a psychological manipulator style of villain, is doing a really good job playing his angle here. Yeah. I mean, I think he kind of blows it a little too soon. Definitely. <laughs> they, they figure it out really quickly that it's not actually him, and therefore kind of relieve him of any power he could have had over them if he'd just hung on to the illusion a little longer. He kind of overplays his hand. He does. I wonder if that is a product of the time of having a soul. Because the the Angelus that we heard about, that they read about of the, the past, was way less likely to blow the plan this early? Hmm. I don't know. It, he, he doesn't strike me as as good as he should have been, you know? Yeah. He's definitely, especially in this scene, doing a good job of manipulating Buffy. I think it's mostly just a product of the writer team and their well-established, consistent habit of not being able to hold on to suspense for very long. Yeah. Before they're just I like, hey, right. there's, that's that's what it was. Hey, wasn't that cool, guys? Don't you like how we did that? <laughs> they they need the validation too much really quickly, like us. Yeah. Which is why I... we're doing a podcast. <laughs> so Please follow us on Twitter. <laughs> At Beer with Buffy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So from And give us a call. God damn it. 269-743-0783. We have an actual voicemail. It's not a joke, Rex. The, this is real I life. No, it's not a joke. This is real life, okay? And you need to get used to that. Now go clean your room. My room is clean, you asshole. Oh. Well Also, you can... you're not my real mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your real dad either. I just want to make that clear. Uh <laughs> Oh, God, I just almost died on beer. Yet. <laughs> we, we what do you mean, yet? We haven't gotten that legally taken care of. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> I've got it set in my calendar. You what? You didn't you didn't write that down? <laughs> I'm confused. Don't worry about it. As your legal guardian, <laughs> it's, it's my responsibility. Oh god. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on to uh, Ice Calendar's house. I think it's time house. for us to have the talk about the birds and the bees. Shut son. up about your talk and the birds and the bees. <laughs> moving on to Calendar's house. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So I, God damn it! I thought the quintessential part here in this scene, <laughs> as he's leaving, she's like, "I love you," and he's like, "Love you too, babe." <laughs> yeah, literally like the gun fingers and the winky face. I was like, "Oh, it's, fuck you, Angelus!" Oh God, you dick. So from here we go to Calendar's house. Yes, and she's talking to her uncle. This is when we really understand the ins and outs of the curse. Which Miss Calendar apparently didn't know until up to this very point. This is the scene where the curse is completely 100% outlined to us. Okay. As to what what it means, why it works the way it does. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And why it's imperative that it not get broken. Right. Yeah. So the common criticism... By most fans and non-fans of this episode especially, and Angelus in general, is that dude got laid, that's his happy moment, and then he doesn't have a soul. Yeah. And the problem being, oh, so the orgasm is your happiest moment. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And... Which even we made note of last episode. Right. But, but. I, I, because of this scene, I actually want to address it specifically. Because um, her uncle says, and I quote, The moment the soul no longer plagues his thoughts, and that soul, then that soul is taken from him. So, what we saw in the previous episode is the moment his soul actually leaves him is after they had sex, yep. and they're laying in bed, and he's laying there content and happy and in love with Buffy. Yes. And that is the moment that his soul is taken. Yes. So it, it had nothing to do with the actual sex. That's right. Suck it, all you naysayers. You bunch of, bunch of naysayers. The sex plays a part in that it is an act they do out of love, but it is unquestionably that the moment that makes him lose his soul is the moment that they are laying in bed afterwards. Yes, absolutely. And I wanted to address that solely because it changes the entire dynamic of how horrendously wrong it is that Angel loses his soul like this. Because it means that it's not that Angel and Buffy can't fuck it's that they can't have these quiet, soft, content moments anymore. Mm-hmm. And that really fucking sucks. And that's why they end up having to break up eventually, blah, blah, blah. But and we did kind of cover that at the end of last episode, but th- that's a, definitely a much more concise o- right. overview of the situation. And, and definitive. Well thought out. And I did like the fact that the... 
the uncle here does say that the curse isn't about justice, it's about vengeance. Yes. We do not serve justice, we serve vengeance. Now, if you look on the dollar menu over here, <laughs> God, we also have hash browns. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is racist. What? How is that racist? <laughs> He's talking about serving things. <laughs> and I just imagined being in a restaurant with an angry waiter. We do not serve justice. We serve vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> what about waffles? Do you serve waffles? God, I love me some waffles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, we cut to the school. Uh, Willow comes back to the school, rips into Xander really fucking deep. But she's back because she, she's part of the team. This is a you know important dire situation. But she tells him that he has gross emotional problems. Yeah, she says, let's get this straight. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. You have gross emotional problems and things are not okay between us. And I'm like, Christ, someone finally said it. Uh. I love this moment. They're talking about the situation and they're reciting the fact that the fucking judge can't be killed by an army, can't be killed by forged weapons. All of a sudden stops talking, stares into the middle distance and goes, Whoa, I think I'm having a thought. Yep. Yep. That's a thought. <gasps> now I'm having a plan. <laughs> and then the lights just go. <laughs> and uh, I think what the symbolism here is supposed to be is that the lights go out because Xander burned out the grid. <laughs> Developing a plan. Yes. I didn't even consider that. And yes, that, that sounds great. So, no, because his whole expression. Most people have a light go on. Right. <laughs> but his whole expression is the kind of expression where when somebody gets that look about you, you look <laughs> at him and you go like, man, I smell smoke. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, he, he fried his processor, man. No, but you game over, man. The third part of the line, like Scoob. <laughs> I always have the best ideas when I'm high. <laughs> Shit's legal now, Scoob. Renouching. <laughs> but you missed the last part of it. Is he goes? No, I'm having a Wiggins. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you tied it right up. Well done. So he he leaves. Willow just standing there in the dark. Well, I mean, so Angel shows up. Yep. And, and then he he tells Xander to go get the rest and asks Willow to come look at something. Like, he's not holding anything. Like, this is a pretty... It's pretty, pretty creepy. And even yeah. Willow's walking slowly. Xander makes it... About halfway there. Before he's like, wait a damn second. His instincts are screaming at him, something's fucking wrong. Yeah. And... Miss Calendar shows up there with a fucking cross, but she's not fast enough. Angel grabs Willow. Xander runs screaming through the door and he's like, don't do that. Angel says, oh, I think I do that, which is an interesting way to put it. But OK, yeah. he reveals that he's angelus to them and Buffy's fucking standing behind him. So all that fucking head case work that he's been doing on Buffy is now null and void. This is where he he plays oh really overplays his hand. Exactly. Yeah. 
But Xander got guts, man. Xander grabs the cross from Miss Calendar, very cautiously walks up behind Angel to put the cross in his face so that he tosses Willow aside. And that takes guts. That does take some balls there. I still felt like this scene was a little uh, a little fudged. How do you mean? Like, I mean, he just kind of said, and stumbled at the, at the cross. It would have been better if Xander, like, hit him with the cross or something. Yeah, he didn't even touch him with the cross. He was just like, oh, that's a cross. I'm scared of that. I mean, worst case scenario, it, like, burns into his face the shape of a cross. What I, if? And he completely lost his leverage over it. You're not wrong. So, yeah, he just kind of slinks out the door awkwardly. Why? Buffy's just sitting there looking traumatized. So, my question is, where the fuck's the security guard now? Right? I mean, sure, the other one's probably dead, but did they just not hire a new one? Apparently. I guess they just can't fill the post now. (laughs) Right? Who the fuck would want to be a security guard in any building in Sunnydale? (laughs) Like... (laughs) <laughs> I bet that guy's probably still just getting paychecks sent to his house. They never even knew that he was gone. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't check up on him. Right? Why would they? <laughs> it's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the Slayer. I just to We're explain. like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. So, cut to the library, and they're like, oh, what do we do now? And Giles' answer is, leaning, leaning towards, towards blind panic myself. Yeah, that. I loved this line from Giles here, because it's so candid in that he's that's no fucking clue what to do. <laughs> and it's so rare for Giles to have no clue what to do. Yeah. So, this is when the Scooby gang kind of gets a hint of what happened between... Buffy and Angel. And the only one who picks up on it is Willow. But Giles is like trying to question Buffy and kind of pressing. And then Willow's just like, Giles, shut up mm-hmm. as as Buffy leaves because she realizes what has happened. Yeah, because Cal says, but you didn't know that he had turned bad. Willow's like, how did you know? And Cal says, what? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone drops that. Yeah. Willow says, "Well, you knew. You told me to you told me to get away from him." And Cal says, "Oh, well, I saw his face. Uh uh. No, it was way Bullshit. too dark and the cinematographers made a very clear point of that." Yes. So, yeah, then Giles prods Buffy a little too hard. Yeah. On like he's like, "Well, you must have some sort of insight into how this came about. It's definite that he really has no fucking clue what happened and no guess whatsoever. Yeah. Well, my take on it was like at this point, they still have not said the word sex, not even Buffy, not angel, not Willow, not even Xander or Cordelia. Um, And just with the overall theme of, you know, horny teenagers. Right. And even, you know, horny adults. You know, fucking Joyce had a date. uh, And then there's Calendar and Giles. And so sex is a very prominent theme in this TV show. And they still haven't said the word once. And so now Buffy's lost her fucking virginity in this episode. Yep. And 
it's had dire consequences for completely outside of the norm reasons. And I think it's really sad. It is a sad day that it is so common within our culture to stigmatize sex that even in a life or death situation, Buffy does not feel comfortable telling anyone that she had sex. What kind of social right. commentary is that about our culture's inhibitions and sexual repression? The worst part is, is I can't say for certain that it's gotten any better from this 90s TV show. Right? If anything, it may have taken a couple fucking steps back. You, yeah. And it feels like we're still living with the fucking Puritans sometimes. It, well, you, you have to just not have sex and you have to be ashamed of it if you do. Yeah, Shut the fuck up. Bullshit. None of us would exist if people didn't have sex. And I wouldn't exist if people didn't have premarital sex. And I wouldn't have any motivation <laughs> to do anything if it weren't for sex. <laughs> Nobody would. It's not just me. If you if you think you're <laughs> otherwise, you're lying. You're fucking lying. Now, there are some asexual people. Just because, okay, you know. Uh, all right, son. <laughs> we're going to... Uh, this is why we needed to have that birds and the bees talk, all right? Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on from that weird joke. <laughs> this is the moment after after Buffy leaves and, and Willow tells Giles to shut up. Cordy says, well, this is just great. There's an unkillable demon in town. Angel's joined his team. The Slayer is a basket case. I'd say we've hit bottom. Xander says, I have a plan. Oh, no, there's a lower place. <laughs> But he tells her they need her, they need a vehicle that is not her car. And he says, just meet me at Willow's house in half an hour and wear something trashy. Er. Yep. Which is horribly sexist. And I guiltily laugh at it. I want to mention that this episode is one of the most egregious in the timeline problems of this show oh because he says meet me in a half an hour oh that kind of timeline and then it it becomes the next day <laughs> before they are at the 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 army base <laughs> see i didn't even think about that okay so the next scene is back at the lair with uh angel and spike and drew spike is talking to angel about killing buffy He's pissy that Angel hasn't killed Buffy yep. yet. And he calls it their reason d'etre. How, oh. how the fuck did he say that? I skimmed right over that because I was like, I don't, even if I do, I, I got it, what he meant in context. It's a French word. Apparently. Okay. It's a common usage in French, meaning reason for being. Sure. It, he, I mean, the first sentence was enough. He's like, you know, we do still kill people. Yeah. And so... Angel gives him some shit about, oh, you can't just kill her. She's stronger than any other slayer you've ever fought before. Yep. In order to kill her, you have to love her. And this this is where Drew is like, you don't want to kill her because you want to hurt her like you hurt me. Yep. And like, that's oh, a yeah, good thing. Oh, yeah, inconsistent Drew. And then so, we cut to Buffy's house. I mean, honestly, though, I thought that was a fairly decent villain speech out of Angel. It definitely was. I think it was It was a good moment that establishes that he's going for psychological terror, which is nice because we keep getting all of this, oh, we're going to be two-dimensionally evil shit out of the master and now Spike. Right. 
So so from here we cut to Buffy's house where she crawls into bed and she just cries. What made her think that she was going to be safe at home? She, I, it hasn't occurred to her yet that Angel has already been invited in. How has that not occurred to her? I don't know. She's emotional and tortured. Okay. I mean, would you be thinking clearly in her fucking position? I sure as fuck wouldn't. Clearly, no, but that seems like a pretty major oversight. Either way, she cries herself to sleep. And she takes the ring off. It's not like they broke up. It's really more like he's dead. She falls asleep crying. She has a sexy, sexy dream that turns into a not sexy dream. In the dream, it is shown to her that Miss Calendar knows something. And whether it was a some sort of cosmic premonition or just her subconscious being like, hey, remember that thing that Cal said? Remember how weird that was? So cut to the next day. How many people want to kick some ass? She comes storming into the fucking school (laughs) like she's going to kick some fucking ass. Oh, she's pissed. Storms into the computer lab. Giles happens to be there. (laughs) Nearly fucks up. That's convenient. Just slams her down on a desk right in front of the whole fucking class. Oh, yeah. And Giles is like, oh, everyone, everyone go. Everyone, you're dismissed. One of the kids is like, should we get the principal? And they're like, no, we can't afford to pay Snyder for this episode. It's fine. This is when it dawns on Giles what happened between Buffy and Angel. And he's just like, oh. (laughs) It's most of his line when when he realizes what happens. Yeah, and there's not even a good quote to get from it because it came from just from a look from Buffy. He's like, but how do you know that you're responsible? And she just, she gives him the mom look. Right. (laughs) And he's like, oh, 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 oh. Yes, Giles. They porked. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Sex. And she's like, oh, you just got to curse him again. And she's like, we can't. Miss Calendar responds with, we can't. Uh, It's lost magic. So Cal promises that she'll take Buffy to someone who can. Yep. Which, I don't know why she's saying, oh, we can't possibly do that kind of magic. Oh, but my uncle can. He's in my apartment right now. Right. Anyway, essentially cut to Uncle Enos getting murdered. Yep. Hey, got your steak, steak. Hey, got your steak. And then to the army base that happened the previous night. Xander's fucking plan. This this is an impressive scene. I all of this scene fucking love this whole bit. Is just impressive in so many different ways. I love <laughs> I love the concept that Xander has this knowledge that he can tap into. Okay, I thought it was a bit of a cop out, but. It does make for some fun and different situations. Like, I I was not expecting a military base to be part of this plan. Right. But it makes a certain amount of logical sense. Yeah. And it gives Xander some weight in the story. Yeah. And this this plot point comes back later in the series, too. I I do vaguely recall that as well. Um, So the, the army base... 
They show up in Oz's van, which, by the way, especially with the way they shot it in this, it's the fucking mystery machine. Oh, basically. Yeah. It, that's the van. And I bet they fucking did that on purpose. It is very possible. It's entirely possible. <laughs> the fucking Scoobies are in the fucking mystery machine, for fuck's yeah. sake. Oh, my God. The plan. Like you guys. <laughs> the security around here is terrible. The plan is t- for Xander to take Cordy into the armory under the pretense that he, he is a soldier Taking Cordy into the armory because guns make women hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, they could have played this scene a little better. I feel like no soldier is as incompetent as this dumbass guard that let Xander get all right. up in his face and handle his gun. He right. just let him reach up and <laughs> grab his gun and move it around. He's like, all right. What does he call him? Nincompoop or yeah, something like that. I don't know. Numbskull. But Xander chastised him for wearing boots that aren't regulation and holding his gun like a sissy girl. Yeah. Oh, and your and his post wasn't covered. Anyway, it's, it's the most asinine way possible that he's able to get into this weapons yeah. storage. It's this one inept guard. But we do get a really good fucking line because the guard's like, all right, you have 20 minutes. And he goes, <laughs> I'm only going to need five. Forget I said that last part. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. But they get into the armory, which wasn't even fucking locked, mind you. Yeah. They get in there. Why does it need to be locked? <laughs> it's guarded. <laughs> right. Isn't that all that really matters? Anyway, while he's looking for the thing that he is looking for, Cordy and him are talking, and she's like, do guns really make women hot? And she said, do guns really make women want to have sex? Okay. They finally said the word sex. And then Xander doesn't really have an answer for that. But then she's like, well, do guns make men want to have sex? And his line here is just amazing. He says, I'm a 17 year old boy looking at linoleum makes me want to have sex. All right, son. I don't want to know what you're doing in the kitchen while I'm at work. Did you, were you this cognizant of your out of control sex drive at 17? Ah, we do get to have. I sure as fuck wasn't. We do get to have the birds and the bees talk. All right. God damn it. I'm so glad you've decided to open up to me, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I I will fucking slap you. You call me boy one more time. I didn't think this day would ever come. No, but seriously, (laughs) seriously. I wasn't this self- fucking aware at 17 what's that boy i can't hear you (laughs) okay anyway i wasn't this aware at age 17 were you this self-aware at age 17 no i don't think anybody was as we established in episode one (laughs) these characters are slightly overwritten a little bit a little and you know uh, it's for effect for the audience it would I think there's plenty of shows that realistically portray children and teenagers. This is not one of them. True enough. So we cut to the van and Oz is the smoothest motherfucker ever. I mean, I don't even think smooth begins to cover it at this point. Right? He's the realest motherfucker. Right? So Willow's like, hey, you want to make out? And he completely ignores the question. At first he starts off with... Uh, when they cut back to the van, he's like, so uh, you guys steal weapons from the army a lot? Willow says, well, we don't have cable, so 
you know, we have to make our own fun. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, and then Oz provides us handily with Rex's likely quote of the day is their entire entire conversation where he says, oh, I'm not going to kiss you. To the casual observer, it would appear that you're just trying to make your friend Xander jealous. See, in my fantasy, when I'm kissing you, you're kissing me. It's okay. I can wait. Yeah. Yeah. But he even tells her a story about how he sits and daydreams about kissing her and everything. I was not expecting him to call her out like that. Who at his age could? As Xander expressed previously, looking at linoleum can make a (laughs) 17-year-old want to have sex. Speaking of overly (laughs) self-aware 17-year-old boys, hmm. This is the exact moment where Willow falls for him. Yes. And you see it in her face because Allison Hannigan is an amazing fucking actress. Dear God, yes. You see the moment in her eyes when she falls for Oz. Yes. And it is fucking perfect. I think it it was at this very moment that Willow's panties suddenly became a suitable home for most <laughs> sea life. Oh, God. Clean up aisle Willow. <laughs> Shit, clean up aisle me. God damn. That was some smooth motherfucking shit right there. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> oh, it really was. I was like, I'll make out with you, Oz. <laughs> or Willow. Oh, wait, no, it was Willow that wanted I to make out. I can't say I wouldn't we'll make, make out, out with everybody. <laughs> Let's just go. I can't say I wouldn't make out with Seth Green. Right? Given the opportunity. He's a smooth motherfucker. And he's funny. Right? Hey, uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up in just a couple of days here. <laughs> So (laughs) maybe we can make this wish come true for you. Not likely. Yeah, not likely. So from here, we go to Miss Calendar's house where Giles, Miss Calendar, and Buffy find that Uncle is dead. Did you write what was written on the wall? On the wall, it was written in blood. Was it good for you too? Right. And Giles is like, he's just trying to make it harder for you. And her response is, he's only making it easier. And this is exactly the problem with Angel's entire approach. Exactly. Is because Buffy is too fucking mentally tough to fall for this shit. And way too fucking strong-willed to play into his game. He overplayed his fucking hand. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a wind. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So we cut to the lair. They're preparing to leave. Angel is mocking Spike because he can't go with them. (laughs) I really enjoyed this, actually. He's like, "Uh, too bad you can't come. We'll be thinking of you. And Spike's like, I won't be in this chair forever, mate. (laughs) So this is where I wanted to bring up. Why the fuck is he really in the chair at all? I don't understand it. I wish they would give us something. Just a single line of, oh, my back hurts. Yeah, does it take a long time to regenerate? My foot got crushed and it's taking a little extra time for it to heal. Something. Don't give a shit. I have to get a transplant for my femur or something. (laughs) Give us something. Exactly. Uh, My fucking hamstring got severed, mate. So they leave. 
And Raz, what'd you call him? Raz Raz? Raz Raz. Raz Raz looks spiffy. Erasma Raz Raz. Erasma Raz. There we go. Erasma Raz. That's way easier to say. Yeah. So Angel tells Erasma Raz Raz. Erasma Raz Raz. Angel tells Eraz Raz that he looks <laughs> spiffy. <laughs> I can't even say that sentence. Razzle bedazzles. Blaz. <laughs> Oh my god, from now on, he's Razzle Madazzle. (laughs) (laughs) Or just Smurf. We can just... Yeah, which is the name he gets a little bit later. the big Smurf. Um, then cut to the library. Um, let's let's not be too hasty. Hold on to your tits. Uh, (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Let the record state, Rex is literally... Holding his man breasts right now. Uh, <laughs> I just I like to go the extra step for the listeners. So Angel <laughs> So they leave Spike behind and Angel's like he's t- he's talking to Erasmus. Well don't you look spiffy? And he's like, Spiffy. The look on Drew's face, just this demented grim delight. I will give this to that actress. She can pull off the m- creepiest, goddamn, joyous fucking grin ever. When that woman <laughs> is on, she is on. Yeah. Thank you, Juliet Landau. Anyway. So we cut to the library where Buffy is opening her birthday gift. Xander says, happy birthday, Buffy. I hope you like the color. It looks like one of the boxes that Razmadoodle's uh, arm was in. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, but it's not. It's a box where a bazooka lives. It's a bazooka. That's really all. Like, I don't really have a whole lot with this scene except the bit with Calendar. Yeah, the bit with Calendar. I got the quote. Buffy's standing there in front of the box. Miss Calendar comes in. She's trying to help. Buffy's like, get out. And she, like, steps further into the room. She's like, I'm really just trying to help. And Giles, cold as fuck, says, she said, get out. She said, get out. And then turns around <laughs> and just the look on her, on Miss Calendar's face. You thought you had some righteous indignation over Giles when he endangered you? Well, guess what? You've been lying the whole time. Miss Calendar fucked up. About something pretty serious. Yeah. So, yeah. about that. I question whether or not Miss Calendar was brought in specifically to be a gypsy in this scenario. Or, or that if it was, was an afterthought. Right. It kind of feels like it was an afterthought. Yeah. A little bit. How can we make Giles more tortured? Sure. I thought it was a fun choice anyway. I like where they're going with no, it. No, I definitely, definitely like this. And then they're like, how are we going to find them? They're not going to be. They went to the lair, but they weren't at the lair. Spike was hiding. Yep. Oz is proving his worth repeatedly. But essentially, it's where are the people gathering? Well, Oz knows. The mall. Yeah, because so this fucking city, Sunnydale, this fucking booming metropolis, small, rural, quaint, urban hotspot of a fucking town. (laughs) Is it big? Is it small? Is it booming? Is it quiet? Is there nothing to do? Is there a gigantic mall? Yes. All of these things. So the Scooby gang are coming in. They 
Buffy Buffy's... barges in. She's like, everybody keep back. Damage control only. Take out any lesser vamps you can. I'll handle Smurf. And he looks like a Smurf. He does It look like a... A badass Smurf, mind you, but he does look like a Smurf. Kind of like Gargamel fucked a Smurf. A little bit. And then somehow that baby actually came to term. Because we know there was only one female Smurf. Right. Which Gargamel made, by the way. <laughs> Smurfette was not a natural thing. Really? No. Gargamel made Smurfette specifically to lure Smurfs. Ew. <laughs> eh. were you practicing that did you practice that no did it get better it got way better that was excellent awesome (laughs) see how we build each other up go fuck yourself rex yeah fuck you too yeah so (laughs) raz raz and the vampire backup crew the backup singers show up so Buffy's he he like fucking tries to kill everybody. Yep. Big fucking deal. Buffy stands up with her goddamn bazooka. He doesn't know what it is. He's like, "You're a fool. No weapon forge can kill me." And Buffy was like, "Yeah, that was then. This is now." Takes aim. <laughs> fucking Angel and Drew bail. Like slow mo bail scene. They're but like immediately. They're like, "Oh fuck, that's a bazooka." <laughs> <laughs> a Raz Raz is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, Thank yeah, you my very bad. much. <laughs> but he just looks up and he's like, what does that do? <laughs> Best Wait. possible last words. Get to the orange Julius. <laughs> that was decent. <laughs> it's not a bazooka. Yeah. I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to keep trying. Um, no, no, stop trying. Do it now. Anyway, <laughs> he says, what does that do? Hey, she shoots him with a fucking bazooka. What's that Blows do? his ass up. <laughs> but Brian, <laughs> where are we going to get a bazooka? And then she tells the rest of the Scooby gang to just pick up the pieces. And Buffy runs off after Angel. Did they think it was going to add dramatic effect having them fight under the sprinklers? I don't know. <laughs> it really didn't help. I mean, it's a decent fight scene, but not... I mean, there's something about that dramatic trope of, you know, somebody answering the door and they're standing in the rain and they're having this dramatic moment. I think they were kind of going for that, but they're like, but right. we're indoors. How do we make that happen? <gasps> well, there's a fire <laughs> from the bazooka. Right? Right. So, Buffy kicks Angel's ass. Well, kind of cracks his balls open. That too. Wide open. She can't bring herself to kill him, and he po- he calls her on it. And she, so she just nut shots him. She opens up his ball sack, crawls inside, <laughs> closes the door behind her. Oh, God. <laughs> This, again, brings questions about the physicality of how a vampire works. I, yep, I was thinking the same thing. Yep. He can't have kids. Why is there any, like... uh, Yeah, does that really apply? I mean, does he even have nerve endings down there anymore? How does... I mean, he can get uh, erect and aroused, obviously, so... Right. That part of his reproductive system is still working. But she lets him go. 
because she's not ready to kill him. Yeah. They find all the parts for the judge, and then Giles takes Buffy home. And any of the times before this that Giles has failed to be a good father figure to this girl are completely set aside. And he Completely rectified. Fuck yes. Buffy is obviously thinking and expecting shame. She's so used to it at this point. Yeah. She's pretty much been trained to expect the worst. He says to her, I mean, do you want me to tell you uh, you acted rashly? That's true. Irrationally. That's true, but you loved him. He loved you. This was a... You know, who could have fucking known? She couldn't have known. Yeah. And he doesn't chastise her at all. And it's the best possible fucking response he could fucking give. Specifically, he says, if it's guilt you're looking for, I'm not your man. The only thing you'll get from me is my support and my respect. And I I welled up a little bit with Buffy. Yeah, and Right? Damn, you were right last episode on her being able to pull out the waterworks. Oh, God, yeah. She does it well. The scene here with Giles earlier when she when uh, Angel first was, like, being an asshole to her. Yeah. Like, yeah, she is really good at that. Definitely. Really fucking good at it. So we wrap up the episode with... Her and her mom celebrating her birthday. Watching some old movie. Yep. Her mom gets a little bit of credit, I think, in this scene because her mom can tell that something is wrong, but she knows that she is not going to get Buffy to talk about it. Finally gives her some well-deserved respect and space. Yes. She's like, Buffy, do you want to make a wish on the candle? She has some cupcakes. Specifically, I enjoyed that she didn't try to monopolize Buffy's time on her birthday, Just like, that's your day, you do what you want with it, and I'm not going to judge you for it. Personally, this is me making this about me again, but... It's always (laughs) about you, we know this. I know. Thank you for (laughs) recognizing that. (laughs) Just, no, literally, my mom has said to me on my birthday, you know, you're supposed to give your mother flowers on your birthday. Fucking excuse me? Because she's the one who birthed you. I got nothing. Speechless. I got... Wow. Yeah. Pretty fucking... We are not here for the psychological trauma. Pretty Moving Pretty fucking impressive, <laughs> isn't it? But no, so Joyce lights the candle on the cupcake and says, hey, Buffy, make a wish. And she says, I'm just going to let it burn. Yep. And Joyce just lets it be. Good on her. You know what I say to that? Do you want wax in your cupcake, Buffy? Because that's... <laughs> That's how you get wax in your cupcake. She didn't seem keen to eat the cupcake. <laughs> uh, but no, that's that's it. That's the episode, Gerarg. Gerarg. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. I just... Someone get the chainsaw. Someone get the chainsaw. Someone get the chainsaw. Someone get the chainsaw. You are the one. Someone get the chainsaw. I guess we do quote of the day first. Sure. Your quote of the day. I don't know. I'm afraid to go first because you might steal it. Well, no, I'm just going to say fuck you for calling out my quote of the day. (laughs) I was right. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. So 
Obviously, it's going to be the amazing Oz quote. I know, but you you got to pick one of the lines, though. You can't just make it the whole conversation. I'm going to have to go with, when I think about kissing you, you're kissing me. Good. I like that. See, that's where I would have gone with that one, too. So what's your quote of the day? I'm working on it. Work faster. No. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to go with, like, I I really want to pick... Something that a girl said. I feel like we're getting pretty, pretty heavy on the like the Giles and Spike. Well, and I've Oz. I've kind of been noticing Xander. that for the most part, the guys get the better lines. They get the snappier lines, and I tend to go for the for the snappier, quirkier, upbeat lines. Where I mean, Willow had some great moments too. I did like when she told Xander that he was emotionally damaged. Yes, that, I and you know, that whole bit. It's a little more harsh, but I thought it was an important moment. So Willow says, "Let's get this straight. I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. You have gross emotional problems, and things are not okay between us." And that was some fucking real talk. Yeah, yeah. It was something that had to be said. Definitely. It's a it is a monumental bookmark in the character development of Willow. And Xander. And Xander, yeah. He needed to hear that. Well, cause the only other one that I feel like I could go with is uh Xander being uh being like, I'm a seventeen year old boy. <laughs> Looking at linoleum makes me want to have sex. Let, let's call that one let's call that one a bonus quote of the day because I think we both kind of wanted to pick that that was my second choice <laughs> as well so overall what did you think of the episode I thought it ended a little too abruptly <laughs> the the way definitely the, the way the fight abrupt. ended with Buffy and Angel didn't make any sense uh, they didn't wrap up <laughs> no pun intended they didn't wrap up what happened with the judge at all I, where did Giles get that car? Did he ship it directly from the UK? <laughs> I have no idea. Did he? No, it can't. It's not. It can't be from the UK. The steering wheel is on the, the Shit, right. You're right. The proper, the left side of the car. So did the he have side. it towed out of the ocean? <laughs> Christ, that car is junk. Yeah. It shouldn't even be street legal. Well, think about it. Teachers make shit money. Do you think librarians make any better? Yeah, absolutely. They, make, they have to make a lot less than teachers. I felt like they made better money in the 90s, though. No. I don't no know. Way. But anyway, so I'm still annoyed with what's going on with Spike, but I, I really like where they're going with Angelus. And uh, Drew is... They just kind of said, okay, she's better, but she's still batshit crazy. And I'm like, that's a good choice. Yeah. I, I we've come, Her being sane is wrong. We've gotten accustomed to her being batshit, and that's where we like her, because she's fun that way. Exactly. I think this was a great episode for getting a lot of deep development of Buffy. And it moved all the, all the relationships... In the Scooby Gang moved forward. Great big steps this episode. Shit between Willow and Xander changed dramatically. Shit between Willow and uh, Oz changed dramatically. Shit between uh, Xander and Cordy changed dramatically. Buffy and Angel, obviously. Giles and Miss Calendar. All the relationships all across the board. 
huge fucking shifts. Thank God we're moving forward from some of this shit. Absolutely. It was a very eventful episode, uh, regardless of some of its downfalls and pitfalls. Mostly satisfying. I give it four stars. Would visit again. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely made up for the very lackluster kind of just letdown that the previous episode was. Barely anything fucking actually happened. All we got out of last episode was the judge showing up. Judge showed up. We knew there was something wrong with Angel. We're just like, all right, has he got some bad heartburn? What's going on? Right. I don't know. Sure. Let's go with that. This has been Beer with Buffy. Please follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Please review us on iTunes. You can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 269-743-0783. If we like what you have to say enough, we may or may not feature you on an episode. We now have a Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can buy us a beer on, what is it, patreon.com? Patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Slash beerwithbuffy. As always... Big thank you to Benjamin Alexander for all of our wonderful transition and opening and closing music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. It was a good show, son. <laughs> good show. Why do you have to be so fucking creepy? <laughs> <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>